0: Good morning. Good morning. Glad to have you with us this morning. We're going to start with our worship services here in just a few minutes. we got some more folks that are going to be coming in uh, as we get started today, and we got folks joining us online as well. Thank you. Uh, if you are joining us online, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for clicking on and joining us for worship. We're glad to be connecting with you today. Uh, I'm excited to be worshiping with you. Uh, this is our, our I guess, technically our second Sunday of the new year. We celebrated New Year's Day last year together with a worship time together, and that was awesome. I know we had a lot of folks that were gone, uh, still traveling for the holidays and stuff. I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, To our guests that are here this morning, I'm so glad that you chose to worship with us. We're so thankful for your presence, uh, and we don't take that lightly. We are honored that you chose to worship with us today, and we hope that you are blessed by uh, your worship experience with us. When you walked in the door this morning, hopefully somebody handed you one of our bulletins. And if you didn't get one when you walked in the door today, make sure you pick one up before you leave. There will be extras out in our lobby, and we want to make sure that you pick one up inside. You'll find a lot of information about different events that are coming up, a lot of things that we want you to put on your calendar uh, and plan to be a part of and ask other people to be a part of as well. And then there's just also some information about, uh, you know, just... I guess family business kind of things as well that we want you to know about. So make sure you pick up a bulletin today if you didn't get one when you walked in the door this morning. To our guests that are here today, we especially want to draw your attention to this QR code that's up here in the top right corner. And if this is your first time with us, or maybe you've been here two or three times, just haven't done this yet, we'd like for you uh, to click on that QR code, and that will bring up a form on your phone where you can share contact information with us and just let us know who you are and where you're from. And it also gives you the opportunity uh, maybe to ask some questions about the Flagstone family or ask about some different ministries that we have as well. It won't take you very long to fill out that form, so if you would, just do that right now, and uh, we'll get back to you with whatever information um, you're needing from us. And also just say thanks for being here and being a part of our worship. So please do that now. Uh, and we would really appreciate your help with that if you're a guest with us today. This morning we will be taking community together as we do every single Sunday. And when that time comes, uh, we'll have uh, thoughts and a prayer for the bread. And we'll pass out trays. And in the trays are individual cups. And in each one of those cups is a little piece of bread. And so you'll eat the bread and pass the tray on to the next person. And we'll take uh, the bread together that way and do the same thing with the juice uh, when we pass that around. So... If you are unfamiliar with or have different ways of, of taking communion, that's how we're going to do it together this morning. And then also I wanted you to know about our child care that we have available. If you got kids with you, we're so glad that you brought them with you today. We love kids here at Flagstone and uh, want to help you uh, with your kids if we can. So if you got second grade and younger, uh, we, we have child care available for them. We have activities and Bible classes and things going on for them And at any time during our worship today, whether we're singing songs or it's our time of the word, even time during communion, if you want to take advantage of our nursery and our childcare, you just walk right through these doors, right across the lobby to the children's check-in area, and we got volunteers ready to take care of your kids while you continue to worship with us. If you want to keep your kids with you, you're more than welcome to do that. If it would help, we have um, activity bags at our children's check-in area as well. There's coloring sheets and other things in there for kids, and uh, we would like you know, to offer those to you if that would help you and help your kids stay engaged uh, while you engage in worship with us. So feel free to take advantage of that if that would help you this morning. We're going to get started here in just a second, just singing praises together. We'll spend time, uh, as I said, in the Word together today and taking community together uh, today. And we're just going to be... We're going to be encouraged by God's presence in this place as we worship. We're going to encourage each other, uh, and we're going to to be blessed by being here and being together in this worship service this morning. So thank you for choosing uh, to get up today and to come worship with us. Thank you for joining us online. Let's start off with a prayer and ask God to bless our worship as we begin worshiping him together, and then we'll join together in psalm. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. You've brought us through another week. You've uh, started us on another year, and we are thankful God, that you are still God, that you are still in control, that you are not only the creator of the universe, but you're the one that holds the universe in your hands, and, and we believe that you are fully aware of what's going on in our lives, and uh, and that you're fully present in our lives as well, and we thank you for that, and as we get ready to worship you today, God, we recognize as we're starting this new year, there's some things, maybe in, in the last several weeks or months, maybe in the last year, that we probably need to let go of, some things that have have become burdens in our lives and i pray that as we begin to worship today and as we move through this service together that we that we choose to let those things go that we choose to if necessary to share those things with this church family uh so that we can get some help with those things or at least god to give those things to you to start off this new year with, with no regrets, with no excuses, with, with a, a vision for moving forward in our lives. And I pray that as we sing today, as we pray to you, as we allow you to speak to us through your spirit and through your word, that we truly tune in, that we truly hear uh, what you want us to hear this morning, that we truly feel what you want us to feel and see what you want us to see. May our lives be changed um, and our hearts be affected by our worship together this morning. And may we leave this place not only... Um, feeling more connected to you, but but feeling more energized, out and be uh, who you want us to be in this world. So bless our worship together, God, and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's get on our feet. Let's start out this morning. Just tell the people around you, good morning. Glad you're here. Just wherever you're at.
1: Every tongue confess at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every.
2: So, hey, good morning. How are y'all doing? Today, Marshall will be talking about excuses and how we can use them. Um, so I'd like to open up with a verse from 1 Timothy. It's uh, chapter 2, verse 4. Who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth? Now, Marshall's sermon today, as I mentioned earlier, is focusing on excuses and how we can use them. Um, They take tons of forms. You can ask my parents. I'm sure they've heard plenty from me. But what we could also think about is how Jesus could have had the same thoughts that we've all had at one point. Um, With that being said, something that he probably did was make a habit out of doing things to avoid falling into those excuses, whether it's praying, coming to church, or worshiping. Um, But with that, he ultimately wed with all those even with how difficult it was to sacrifice his self um, on the cross for our sins and so with that being said let's pray dear lord please bless the blood the bread we are about to take and allow us to remember that as jesus's sacrifice and his body on the cross in your name we pray amen
1: Love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy.
2: Dear Lord, please bless this juice we're about to take as it reminds us of the blood that was shed on the cross by your son um, in order to save us from our sins.
1: Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus to reach out and touch Him and say that.
0: Been a part of this um, church family for a while. You've probably heard me talk about uh, a trip that uh, I've gotten to take. I guess three different times now um, with our teenagers. That that uh, Brandon Dodd, our our youth ministers, allowed me to take uh, with them, going out to Colorado and uh, hiking up a mountain. And just so I, I don't want to bore you with like I don't want uh, there's some of you them I'm guessing are already going to go oh here we go again he's going to talk about climbing a mountain again but I am uh, so just get ready because I'm going to talk about it a little bit but there's I don't know how many of you have done that kind of actual hiking before because I've hiked trails you know here in Arkansas I've, I've you know gone just different trails around you know the Ozarks and, and some places down the river valley and um, even when I was in college climbing up on what I considered mountains, which are not the same as as the big mountains that you can climb uh, in Colorado, but to to take a journey like that, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, and the outfitters that we use, you know, they supply us with these big backpacks, and you got your tent, you got your food, you got all your supplies that you've put in the back here. It's not like your backpacks that, that your kids carry to, to school. It's like this huge thing, and uh, you know, some of the bigger kids, it doesn't look like it's overwhelming, but then I've, I've walked behind, you know, um, teenage girls uh, up this trail where, with this big old backpack, and all I can see is their feet because the, the, the whole pack just takes up the rest of their body. And it's similar, the, the thing that you get is similar to a pack like this. And uh, if you can just imagine having a backpack this big, now I borrowed this from Brandon, and I was going to actually um, put it on this morning, but he's smaller than I am. And so I'm going to throw it over one shoulder this morning. Uh, but if you can imagine having this strapped on, you know, and you're, and you're climbing up this trail. And you think to yourself, well, it's just, it's just a hike. You're, okay, you're going uphill. No, it gets pretty steep. And then the higher that you get in the altitude, the, the less oxygen there is. It gets a little bit more difficult to breathe. And the, everybody that goes on this kind of a trek, this kind of a hike, comes at it from different perspectives, different preparation, uh, and, and even different experiences while we're all walking on the same trail. And it's amazing how, you know, a dozen people who are all walking in a straight line in the same direction, going over the same terrain, have completely, I mean, similar and yet completely different experiences. And part of it is because they're coming at it from different places. Some people really worked ahead of time on making sure that they hiked ahead of time and got in shape and got their heart rate up and got, you know, got their boots broken in uh, where they wouldn't get blisters and stuff like that. And there are some people who didn't and regret it. Uh, and there are some people that worked on that kind of stuff, and yet it's still difficult for them, even though they, they try to get prepared ahead of time. And, and some people who didn't even prep all that much have no issues whatsoever. They're just good, you know, athletes and in good shape and just, you know, scurrying on up the hill. And I, just to be honest, even when I tried ahead of time to, you know, kind of have myself in shape, I'm, I'm not the fastest one uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I make it eventually to the top. Uh, more by will than by actual uh, ability. Uh, But, you know, I'm either middle of the pack or at the very back, one of the two. And that's fine. Um, There's some people that get up there really fast. But we're all on the same journey. You understand what I'm saying? We're all going the same direction. We're just at different places. Because of where we are in our physical health, where we are in our attitudes and our perspectives, what, what, what our backstory was coming into this hike in the first place. You see what I'm saying? And I share that with you this morning because I want us to be thinking about journeys that we've been on. Not road trips, not even necessarily hikes, but journeys in life. And different, different journeys that we've been on, whether, whether we're thinking about our career and, and the different jobs that we've had or the different promotions that we got or didn't get, Uh, with this, you know, family relationship, the journey that we've been on with spouses, with kids, with parents, with siblings, and and all those different experiences that we've had, Um, with our own just emotional and mental health, just the different things that that have brought us a lot of joy and a lot of triumph and a lot of sorrow and a lot of frustration and anger and all the different things that on our own personal journey that, that we've experienced, and even our spiritual journey, that we're in different places, and we all talk about, uh, at, at least from a Christian perspective, we're all on this journey, we're all on the same path, right? And yet we're, we're walking at different paces. And some of us have been on this journey for a while and some of us are new to it and some of us are bringing a whole lot, like we're prepared, we know all the verses and we've gone to a lot of church in our lives and we got a lot of answers and some of us feel completely overwhelmed and aren't for sure if we're actually gonna stay on this journey a whole lot longer. And I, wanna, I, I want you to be thinking about where you are, right now, in your trek, in your climb, in your journey with God. We started talking last week about making no excuses, and reminding ourselves that that this is a time in our lives, I mean, just starting out this year, choosing, making a conscious effort to choose to do the things that, need to get done and to choose to stop doing the things that we know we need to stop doing and actually commit to those things and stop making excuses for why we are continuing to do something that we shouldn't do or why we uh, never have started or have quit doing the things that we should be doing. And we're just, we're done making excuses. And we even talked about last week, if you remember, and if you weren't part of our discussion last week, I invite you to go back uh, to our YouTube page or our Facebook page uh, and and just listen to some of the things that we share together. Because part of what we talked about with our excuses is sometimes we, we, it's not just excuses that we make. We have legitimate reasons why something is difficult, why we do something that, that we know we shouldn't do, why we hesitate to do the things that we should do. But we, we unfortunately use those reasons as excuses. We use those things to justify our behavior and our attitude. And we started talking last week about committing ourselves to having no more excuses. There might be reasons, but I'm not going to use an excuse anymore. And even if I fail or even if I'm, even if I'm slow at it or if it takes me a while to, to get into that habit or to let go of that habit, I'm not going to offer excuses anymore. I'm going to keep stepping forward in the direction that I need to go. And so specifically this morning, I want us to think about it. I hope that we can commit together to make no more excuses in our relationship with God. To make no more excuses about where we are in our connection with Him. And I want us to understand, first of all, why that connection, why that relationship matters. I mean, I think we've got a lot of people in this room who are in some kind of a relationship, some kind of a connection with God right now. A lot of us in this room and a lot of us watching online, we're, we're somewhere on the journey. We've been on it for a little bit. We're on the path. We got a direction that we're going. We have a connection. We have a relationship with God. But we're all at different places on that journey, right? But I have to believe that in a room with this many people in it, and with people watching online, there's probably somebody here who hasn't started on that journey yet. They haven't chosen that relationship with God. And maybe you've been coming to church for a while, maybe you know a lot of things, but they never, they've never fully committed to that connection, that relationship with him. And even if everyone here has some kind of relationship, some kind of a connection with God, I guarantee you there's somebody in your life who doesn't, that you might be able to share what we're sharing this morning with them later on. And so I really want us to, to focus on this this morning. Think about where am I in my journey with God right now, where is it? And how much have I allowed excuses to get me off that journey, to make me stop, to slow me down? And, and I want us to all be on the same page about why this relationship matters, why this, this connection with God really matters. I mean, we believe, we, here with the Flagstone family, we believe that God created all of us. He created all of mankind in his image. He created all of us with a purpose of living this life as a reflection of him. That as we live this life, that no matter what we do for work, no matter who is in or out of our lives, no matter w- what, what kind of circumstances we find ourselves in, we are a reflection of him. The words that we say, the attitude that we have, the way we treat people, the choices that we make, those things are what he would have us do. Those things are what he would say and do and act like if he was here. We are made in God's image. And even if I don't have a relationship with him, even if I'm not totally for sure that I even believe in him, we believe that God made all of us for that purpose. We believe that even though God's plan for all of us was to be a reflection of Him, to be His children, to be His light in this, in this world, that all of us have at some point in our lives chosen something else instead. We've all chosen to sin. We've all, we've all fallen short. We've all chosen our own desires instead of God's will. And it doesn't matter if it's only happened once or twice or a handful of times or if we've sinned so much that we don't remember not being a sinful person. We've all fallen short. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 3. All of us have sinned and all of us fall short on a regular basis of the glory of God. We also believe that sin in our lives, that falling short, there's consequences to that. There's punishment to that. And part of that is separation from God. We can't have that relationship with Him as long as we have that sin in our lives. Part of it is just the guilt and the consequences that come from the choices that we make. Ultimately, the ultimate punishment, the ultimate consequence for sin in our lives is death. An eternal separation from God. And we believe that it breaks God's heart to see us wrapped up and imprisoned by our sin and by our guilt. And He was so... Moved by that, he was compelled to do something about it because we couldn't do anything about it ourselves. So we believe that God sent his son Jesus into this world. Not just as a really popular teacher, not just as an amazing miracle worker, but as a sacrifice. We believe that Jesus of Nazareth really was the son of God. That he really did leave his throne in heaven and come to this earth. That he really did walk around and teach and perform miracles and, and connect with people. That he really did suffer awful torture and humiliation. That he really did suffer an exhausting, grueling death on the cross. That he really did die. That he really was buried. And that three days later, he really did have life breathe back into his body and he rose again. We believe that. And we believe because of that sacrifice, because he chose to do that for us, that death set us free from our sin and from our guilt and from despair and from disconnection with God. And the only reason that he did that is because of his love for us. And one of the most famous scriptures that even if you don't pay a whole lot of attention to Bible and the scripture, you've probably heard this, this verse mentioned before. John chapter 3 and verse 16, where Jesus himself said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And it's such a powerful statement that God loved the entire world, that God loved all of those who had had come to believe in him, who had been believing in him, who were already on this journey with him. He loved them, and he also loved the people who had no idea who God was, and he also loved the people who would curse his name and want nothing to do with him. He loves the world so much that he sent his son to the cross. so that we could have life so that we wouldn't have to experience guilt and despair and death anymore and it doesn't matter what our background is, what kind of house we grew up in. It doesn't matter what kind of religion we come from. It doesn't matter our gender. It doesn't matter our skin color. It doesn't matter how many mistakes and failures we've made in the past or how many we will make in the future. It doesn't matter what addictions we're wrapped up in or used to be in or what we're going to get into. It doesn't matter What kind of, how much we couldn't care less about what God has done for us. It doesn't matter if we even curse his name. My God loves every single one of his creations. All of us. I hope you believe that to be true. And God's desire, God's craving is for all of us to join him on the journey. To be connected with him. To choose him over anything else. And Paul is talking about that in 1 Timothy chapter 2. As Alex shared in his communion thoughts earlier. And as Paul is talking about this amazing God that we have, he says, "You know, we got this God." First Timothy chapter two and verse four, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants everybody, all human beings, all of mankind, to be saved, to choose Him, to allow Him to wash their sins away, to allow Him to be the Lord of their lives, to allow Him to make them clean and to get rid of the guilt and the filth and everything else in their lives. He wants that for all of us, for all of the entire world. Do we recognize that? Do we realize that? Do we believe that to be true? And not only that, But Paul says it's not just about salvation. It's not just about the removal of sin. He wants all people to come to a knowledge of the truth. And if we go back to the ancient Greek language that this was originally written in, this text was originally written in, that word that we translate in our English Bible as knowledge is not just gaining facts. It's not just learning trivia about God. It is knowledge that is based on experience. It is, as a matter of fact, this particular word means it is first-hand experience. God wants us not only to be saved, He not only wants to to get rid of all of our sin, He wants to be connected with us. He wants to get to know us and us get to know Him. He wants us to be connected and in a relationship with each other. He wants that. He craves that. He wants me and He wants you to be on the journey. To start walking with Him in the direction that he wants us to go. And whether we stumble and fall, whether we sprint, whether we get tired and want to give up, doesn't matter. He wants us to be in that relationship and that connection with him. But here's the key thing. He doesn't force it. He doesn't make me want that relationship. He doesn't make me want to be connected with him. It is my choice. It is my decision. I can give my life to him. I can say to him, God, I want you to be in charge of everything. I want you to be in charge of my job and my car and my house and my stuff, my paycheck, my marriage, my dating relationship, my friendships, my talents, my free time. I want to give it all to you, God. I want you to be in charge of and You take control, and I will follow the direction that you want me to go. That's what he wants from me, but he doesn't, he doesn't force me to give it to him. That is my choice. Or I could choose not to. It's also my choice if I want to stay in that relationship with him. And once I say, I believe that the story is true. God, I believe in you. And I, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that, that your spirit is, is moving in this world. And I, I, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to repent of my sins. I want to be baptized. I want to be covered in the blood of your son, Jesus. I want to walk in your light to, to make that choice and then to stay in that relationship. That's still my choice. And I believe the scripture teaches us that it's also my choice if I want to walk away from it. That can be on this journey. That can be going down the trail. That can be in this relationship with God and getting to know him and him getting to know me and us being a part of each other's lives. And at some point, I can choose to give my life and my heart something else. And maybe it's my career, and maybe it's an addiction, and maybe it's a relationship, and maybe it's just laziness and indifference. And whatever it is, I can choose to say, you know what, I've been, I've been on this journey far enough. I'm done. Thanks for the time. I'm going to do something else. And maybe we don't even articulate it that way, but that's what a lot of us end up doing. It was fun while it lasted. Had a good time. I'm going in a different direction. And God allows us to do that. That's my choice. I can be in this relationship with him or not. I can choose to stay in it or choose to walk away. And the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal when I go climbing up a mountain in Colorado is to get to the top. I want to get to the summit. 13,000, 14,000 feet up. I want to be there. I want to look around. I want to get up above the trees and see what that's like. That's the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal of this relationship with God is number one, to experience his grace and experience freedom from sin. And number two, to stay in that relationship and to grow in that relationship with him. And yet this is where I find myself making the most excuses. This is where I start to come up with my reasons why I'm choosing not to be saved, why I'm choosing not to give my life to Jesus. Or if I have at some point in the past, This is where I come up with excuses and reasons why I choose to walk away from it. I'm not going to be in that relationship anymore. I'm not going to have Jesus be the Lord of my life anymore. I'm going to walk away from grace. I'm going to walk away from this connection. And Why do we do that? What are the excuses? I mean, if we took the time today, you know what? Maybe this is something you could do on your own right now. If you got our bulletin with you, if you got something else to scratch something on, maybe just pull out the, I don't know, the Notes app on your phone. And just be honest in this moment. What are the, what are the reasons? What are the excuses that I give as to why I walk away from him? And I, I'm not saying that, hopefully, in a guilt-inducing way. A lot of us in this room have chosen to walk a different direction be done with that connection that relationship why i'll give you a handful of excuses that came to the top of my head and one reason why i don't choose this relationship with god or i choose to walk away from it one one excuse that i use is well this is uncomfortable Choosing to believe in God, choosing to believe that His Word is true, choosing to believe that that the death and the burial and the resurrection—all that—I mean, just that itself is kind of stretching. It kind of stretches me a little bit, and and then and then even taking that a step further, being more, being more committed to Him than I am to my spouse, being more committed to Him than I am to my kids, being more committed to Him than I am to my job or to my school or my my team. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll be committed, but I, there's some there's some things that are pretty important. And this you're, you're asking me to do something that's kind of uncomfortable. Choosing his will instead of mine, choosing his direction instead of mine, his purpose instead of mine, choosing his words instead of mine, choosing his, his view of relationships instead of mine. I mean, that's not normal. Like our culture nowadays says, it's all about me, right? And how I choose to view the world. And what I choose to, to say and to do. It's all about me. And, and Jesus says, no, no, no. It's all about me. Well, that's uncomfortable for me. That's not new, folks. In John chapter 6, Jesus is teaching some things that people are having a hard time with. It's uncomfortable. It's stretching them a little bit. And they don't really like it a whole lot. And there's some of them in John chapter 6, it says in verse 60, on hearing it, on hearing some of his teaching, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? This this is, hmm, I don't like what you just said, Jesus. And Jesus pushes the envelope a little bit further. And he says, oh, you didn't like that? Well, let me tell you something else. And he stretches them even further. You know what the response is? Skip down a few verses to verse 66. From this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You could have found some of those disciples later and go, I thought you were a disciple of Jesus. I thought you were following this, this Jesus of Nazareth. I ah, was well, for a while. Well, why aren't you anymore? Well, it was uncomfortable. It was hard. Stretch me a little bit. You hear that excuse? I've said it. I've used it myself. Have you? Because it's it's a common one for us. Why are we not staying in this relationship with God? Because it's just uncomfortable. Maybe it's maybe the excuse is well okay, uncomfortable, maybe not, but it's just it's inconvenient. This connection, this relationship is inconvenient. I got a lot of things on my plate right now. I got a lot of things in the hopper. There's a whole list of priorities, and, and God is on it. I mean, I want to be on the journey, but, but there's some other things that I got to get taken care of first. There's some other things that demand my time, that demand my focus, that demand my attention. I mean, he, you know, if I want to be in this relationship with him, this connection with him, I mean, that means I got to spend some time in his word. I got to spend some time praying. I, got, I probably need to go to church probably even more often than I am or at least getting online and, and listening to some things. I, I, there's, there's some things that, that I should probably volunteer for and be a part of, and, and just some things that he's put on my heart that I, that I probably need to start doing and, and need to start being a part of, some ministry, some ways to help other people, but oh, that's just inconvenient right now. I got a big project at work. I'm not making enough money. I got other things going on in my family. I got some other things taking my focus, my attention. It's just not convenient. And folks, we don't even, we wouldn't even necessarily say it that way, but our actions, our attitude demonstrate that. Let me tell you something. And some of these teenagers that are sitting over here can agree with this. Strapping on a 50-pound backpack and climbing up a mountain is not convenient. Especially when you find out for one particular trail that there's a road that you can, a highway that you can take up way further past where you start hiking from and there's a big old parking lot. It's a much shorter walk. Well then this is inconvenient. It's much easier, much more convenient for me to take the highway up and go a different direction. And sometimes it's just this relationship with God is just inconvenient. And again, Jesus dealt with that. He had people that he was calling to follow him or people that said they wanted to follow him uh, in Matthew chapter 8 and in Luke chapter 9. And there's there's different conversations that he's having with with those people. And I just want to show you one in Matthew chapter 8 where a guy comes to him in verse 21 and says, Lord, I want to follow you, but first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus tells him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now that seems kind of cold and heartless, doesn't it? I mean, Jesus is going, let the dead people bury dead people. Wow. If we investigate a little further, it's quite possible, especially in the Jewish culture, that the words that this man is using about burying his father, it, it, it may even be that his father wasn't even dead yet. Because part of the process of as your parents were aging, there was this transition period that, that took place where the oldest child, the oldest son, would have to start taking over the family business and the family finances and all the kinds of things. And it was this long, drawn-out process that even took almost a year to even happen. So what's this guy really saying? Jesus, I want to follow you, but i got a lot of things going on in my family right now. And as soon as i got all that tied up, I'm all yours. It's just not convenient right now. And Jesus' response is, people can take care of that. You either follow me or you don't. you either in or you're out. We're connected together we're not. I don't need the excuse. Maybe my excuse is, well, this is painful. It goes beyond just discomfort. It goes beyond just being uncomfortable. this is, This relationship, this connection with God is painful. I mean, choosing God, even choosing his grace and and, and the freedom that that he provides, that often requires some cleaning out of some junk that probably doesn't need to be in my heart and in my life. It might mean that I have to go through maybe some withdrawal as I let go of of an an addiction. Maybe some hard stuff where I got to confess to some other people some things that that maybe I shouldn't have been doing and shouldn't have been a part of. Maybe, maybe there's some friendships, some relationships that have to change. Maybe I have to completely sever ties with this person because every time that I'm connected with them, I'm disconnected from him, and I can't, I can't do that anymore. And that hurts. It's painful. I might have to sacrifice some things that are really valuable to me if I'm going to be on this journey with him. When you go... Climbing up a mountain. There's blisters. There's, I experienced this, there's leg cramps if you're not in very good shape. There's scrapes when you trip and fall. It hurts. You got to deal with it. You got to decide, okay, that was painful, but do I want to keep walking or not? There's hurts and pains that sometimes come with this relationship with God. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, Jesus even said... If you're going to choose me, there's there's people that are going to mistreat you and judge you because you've chosen me. This is not a cakewalk. But Paul challenges us with this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. This is how you stay in that connection with God. How, Paul? Every single day you choose to sacrifice whatever it is that you think uh, is climbing on the, on the throne of your heart over Jesus Christ. Whether that's your job, whether that's your stuff, whether that's a relationship, whether that's your own pride. Whatever it is, you sacrifice it and say, Jesus, you're, you're first and foremost. And I make that choice every day. That's a painful choice to make. Sacrifice is not easy. Sacrifice hurts. And for some of us, we use that as an excuse. Man, this is too, this hurts too much. I'm done. But look at what, we kind of breeze over sometimes. Look at what Paul, before he talks about being a sacrifice, look at what he says first. In view of God's mercy, when I, when I, Allow myself to fully see and experience what God has done for me, the freedom from sin that I have, the freedom from guilt that I have, the hope of eternal life that I have. When I truly allow that to sink in, how can I not say, God, whatever it is you want, here it is? Even if it hurts. But a lot of us, myself included, use these reasons, these excuses for either not choosing Jesus in the first place or choosing to walk away. There's all sorts of reasons. I'm telling you, when I've been in the middle of climbing up a mountain and seeing a whole bunch of in-shape teenagers way out in front of me. Because they're not struggling like I am. And when I'm taking a few steps and then i got to stop and get my breath and wait for the leg cramp to go away and take a few steps more and just keep doing that over and over again, let me tell you something. These kind of excuses come to mind. This is inconvenient. This is uncomfortable. This hurts. It's painful. Why am I doing this? And you start having thoughts. You know what? This is far enough. I got to the tree line. I got above the tree line. I'm good. I, I will wait here until you guys come on back down. And these reasons, these excuses start coming to your mind. And folks, there's a lot of us who had done the same thing in our walk with Jesus. It got uncomfortable, it got painful, it was inconvenient. You know what? I, I, I'm good. And, and especially when I get jealous and frustrated when I see other people who seem to be further along than I am, who seem to be doing better on the journey than I am, who things seem to be better, go, going better for than they are for me. I start thinking, why am I even doing this? I'm done. I'm going to walk away. Let's not make any more excuses. Let's choose... To stay on the journey. Let's choose the journey, some of us. And let's choose to stay on it. And here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. And I'll share this with you and we'll wrap up in just a second. But this is why I'm, I'm not offering excuses anymore. This is why I'm staying and growing this relationship. It's Jesus' words in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that I've shared with you before, but I, want to, I hope you can see them with renewed or fresh eyes today. Where Jesus says, this is why I came. This is why I came into this world. This is why I connected with you. This is why I taught you and interacted with you. This is why I suffered the things that I did. This is why I went to the cross. This is why I died and rose again. This is why I have come, that they, and that they means all of us, may have life and have it to the full, have it overflowing. There's two parts to this. Jesus came to give us eternal life so that we wouldn't be eternally disconnected and separated from God because of our sin. That we wouldn't eternally be in punishment because we chose something else instead of Him. He came to give us life so that that sin could be washed away and I don't have to worry about it anymore and I don't have to carry my guilt anymore. And I know that I'm set free and I know that I'm forgiven and I know that i got a place after this life is over to be with Him forever. And that's amazing because I can't do that. I can't get there on my own. He did did it for me. He came to give me life. That is awesome, isn't it? But not only that, he came to give me life now to the full. Not that I'll have my grocery list of desires of the big house and the big car and the big paycheck and everything else, but I have a full, complete, overflowing life of peace and joy and purpose. All the things that we're truly searching for, all the things that we that we are starving for in this world. Jesus says, I came to give you those things. You can have them now. In the middle of brokenness and disease and fear and hate and anger and frustration, I can give you peace. I can give you joy. I can give you meaning. I can give you hope. You can have the best life now. why would I offer any excuses to not have that? I want us to be done offering excuses in our relationship with God. That's not to say we won't fail. That's not to say that we won't, from time to time, pick something else instead of him. But I'm going to stay on the journey. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to take another step and another step. I'm going to keep moving forward. How do I do that? Real quick, number one, I accept his grace. If you've never chosen to give your life to Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He's offered it. He's given it to you. This is life. This is freedom. Here it is. You can have it. And We can make that happen for you today. You can make him the Lord of your life. You can repent of your sins. You can be baptized today and become God's child and start that journey with him. It can happen today. It's free. And Paul says in Acts chapter 17, this is why God did it this way. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. He's not even far from each one of us. He's right there. The gift is right there. We need to accept that. And if there's been a time in your life when you've accepted that relationship, that connection with Jesus, and for whatever reason you feel distant, maybe it's your own choices, maybe it's the consequences of those choices, maybe it's just life where you just feel like I'm just not that close right now, you can still recapture that grace and that hope and that connection still there. You just got to choose to accept it. Stop making excuses and just accept it. Number two, got to spend more time with him i got to quit making excuses for why I can't read my Bible, why I can't pray, why I can't just be still and be quiet in his presence. Why I don't have time to surround myself with other people who are on this journey too. I need to spend more time with him. Any relationship that I'm in is going to suffer if we don't spend time together. Friendship, marriage, day relationship, family dynamics, whatever. If we're not spending time together, that relationship is going to suffer. Same is true with my God. And this is why Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, consistently, filling yourself with his word, spending time in his word. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 17, he says, Pray continually, be in constant conversation with God. God wants to talk to us, God wants to spend time with us. I just need to stop making excuses for why i got to fill my time with my job, with my activities, with my vacation, with my binge watching, whatever it is. Spend a little bit more time talking with him and allowing him to speak to me. And if you don't know how to do that, we've got resources available. We really do. We can share with you how to get in a better habit of just spending time with the Word. We can share with you and put you in contact with people who will help you in, in just Establishing a better habit of prayer and communication with God. We can help. But the less time that I spend with him, the more excuses I'm going to start making for why I'm doing that. And the last thing i got to do is just, it's a constant choice. It's a daily choice to choose that connection, that relationship with him. Every day when I get up in the morning, I'm choosing him. I'm choosing my relationship with him. I'm choosing his direction. I'm choosing to go where he wants me to go. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24, Noah can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve, as he's talking about in this context, you can't serve both God and money. We could fill in anything else there besides money. Can't serve both God and money. Can't serve both God and your job. Can't serve both God and your vacation. Can't serve both God and you fill in the blank. Whatever it is. I've got to choose. What am I going to be more committed to? Doesn't mean that those other things are bad or evil necessarily. But I've got to choose him over them. And that is a daily decision. No excuses. I'm going to take the next step forward. It might be a baby step. I want to take the next step forward. When I, the last time that I walked up a mountain, and me and one other person were way behind everybody else, it was a minute-by-minute minute decision. I'm going to take a few more steps. I'm going to walk up to that rock, and I'm going to rest. I'm going to make another choice. Okay, now I'm going to walk up to that rock. Okay now I'm not going to go all the way to that rock well, I'm going to get halfway there. <laughs> and it was constantly making a choice until it got to the top. This relationship with God, this journey with Him, is not always easy. And sometimes we want to stop, sometimes we want to give up. Sometimes all I can do today is take one step, fine. Stay on the journey. Stay connected. Don't give any more excuses. At the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul, as he's talking about making a commitment to Jesus, staying committed to him, he says in verse 20, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. With everything that I am, with everything that I think about, with everything that I do, I am choosing him, and I'm going to honor him. People are going to see him in me. Am I going to be perfect at that? No. But that's the commitment. That's the journey that I'm on. We're going to stand together in just a second. We're going to sing a song about committing ourselves to God, about offering our hearts, offering, our, offering everything that we are to him. And you are welcome. If, if you're sitting there this morning and, you, and you're honest with yourself, you're like, you know what? I have never actually fully committed my life to Jesus Christ. You're welcome to come forward and share that with us. We'd be so excited for you to share that with us this morning. And maybe, maybe here we are at the beginning of 2023 and you're thinking to yourself, man, over the last year, I have let a whole bunch of other things become more important in my life than him. I feel more distant from him now than I have in a long time. Hear this, you're in good company. Because we've all struggled with that. And there may be multiple people that are struggling with that too. But if that is a big enough burden on your heart this morning, you're like, I don't know how to get back on this journey, but I want to. I want to take the next step forward. You're welcome to come share that with us. There's no judgment here. We love you and we just want to help. If you don't move from where you're standing when we stand the same, just in your own heart and your own mind, would you be willing to make the commitment starting today, January 8th, 2023, no more excuses about my relationship with him? Today I'm choosing to follow him and tomorrow I'll make the same choice and the day after that and the day after that. I'm choosing him. We want to help with that commitment if we can. So let us know how. What together we stand and sing.
1: Merciful Savior, righteous Redeemer, slow in your anger, rich in your love, full of compassion, longing to heal and bless. You will forgive all of my sins if I will confess.
0: come forward this morning um, and just shared simply she said "I my faith has become stagnant I just feel really stagnant right now and I appreciate her willingness to share I'm guessing she's probably not the only one in this room but her willingness to come forward and share with this group and I'm just stuck um, we're going to pray about that um, and ask God to to recharge her and make it obvious uh, how she can get moving again so some folks have already come down here to to love on her and 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 surround her uh as we get ready to pray anybody else who wants to come down here and, and put a hand on her put a hand on somebody that's got a hand on her and, and uh let's join together and as we're doing that folks if if i mean you can tell somebody next to you hey i feel like she does right now will you Will you connect with me? Will you hold my hand as we as we pray together? Feel free to share that right now with the person next to you. And let's go to the Father together. Almighty God, you um, you bless us in so many ways. You give us so many, you have given us so many things, and you continue to do that. And we continue to fall short and we continue to to disappoint. Um at least from our perspective, and we continue to, to just stop and to get stuck. And that's where Mariette finds herself this morning. And God, I pray that she, first of all, recognizes how precious she is to you um, and, and that she can start today, right now, feeling your presence, your spirit uh, in her heart again in a renewed way. And God, I pray that, that she starts feeling more vibrant. That she starts feeling more connected. And, and, and whatever actions needs to happen, God, if that's more prayer time, if that's more time of the word, if that's finding a way to serve, if that's just being still and, and recognizing your presence, whatever it is, God, make it obvious to her and help us be a source of strength and, and rejuvenation uh, for her as well. But for all of us, God, for all of us in this room, for anyone watching online who feels in this moment like Mariette does, just stagnant, just still, and not moving forward. Help us to forgive ourselves because we know that you have already forgiven us, and help us to take the next step. We don't have to move 100 yards down the trail. Help us to take the next step tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and moving forward in the direction that you're moving us. We believe that you're listening. We believe that you're already moving to answer as we pray all these things through the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Um, y'all can stay there if you want to. We're, we're gonna take care of some family business as we wrap up our worship time uh, this morning. I need, um, well, I'm gonna move this chair out of the way first. Then I need all of our uh, shepherds and their spouses and... Um, Brandon and Morgan, to to, uh, go ahead and come up on stage right now. In case you didn't know, our shepherds um, are Chris Horton and his wife, Connie, Tom Smith and his wife, uh, Wendy, Monty Morton and his wife, Dana, and Jeremy Stobaugh and his wife, Valerie. And then uh, there's me, Marshall, and my wife, Christy. And also, uh, Brandon Dodd is our youth minister and his wife, Morgan. And this is kind of your, um, I guess, leadership team uh, here at Flagstone. Uh, But we are confirming uh, a new shepherd this morning. And so I would like to ask Reagan and Mary Jo Price to come up on stage and also uh, their sons, Sawyer and Dawson and Landon. Y'all come on up too, please. We didn't rehearse this ahead of time, so. Um, but we have asked Reagan uh, to begin serving as one of our shepherds. We we shared that y'all come up here where everybody can see you. <laughs> Sorry, y'all gonna have to be front and center. Um, we asked our church family to share with us any concerns that they had and any feedback that I received. And I think probably any of the rest of our shepherds received was all. Uh, positive. Um, matter of fact, I have one person telling me that, well, this is a no brainer um, because Reagan and Mary Jo are already shepherding. Uh, they've already been leaders in this church almost since the beginning. And um, for me personally, I mean, Reagan's been a spiritual leader in my life since I was a teenager. We We have a long history together. And so. Uh, we feel like this is not just something we're choosing to do. We feel like this is something that God is is leading us to do. As a part of that, um, there's nothing in Scripture that says this is how you, I don't know, install, confirm, whatever the word, appoint, whatever the word is that you want to use for elders. And so this is what we do here at Flagstone. We make commitments to each other. We're going to ask Reagan to make a commitment to our church family. We're going to ask our church family to make a commitment to him. Okay? So 1 Peter chapter 5 Verses 2 and 3 says, be shepherds of God's flock. That's why we call our elders shepherds. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So Reagan, I'll ask you, will you commit to shepherding this flock? to watching over them? Will you be eager to serve them? Will you consistently pray for them and love them? And will you consistently try to be an example for them? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, talking to the church, says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that, for that would be of no benefit to you. So, Flagstone family, will you commit to all of our shepherds, including Reagan? Will you submit to their authority and follow their lead and make, do the best you can to make their work a joy and not a burden? Will you commit to that? And let's remember these commitments we've made to each other. And let's ask God to bless us as we continue in our mission to reach out, connect, and serve. Chris, let's all gather around.
3: I love this man. Um, Many of you have heard him fill in for Marshall uh, from time to time. And his thoughtfulness and his heart comes through every time. So when we were talking about who we were going to bring in next as, as one of our leadership members, we couldn't think of anybody better. Um, you can take that whichever way you want. Um, <laughs> we love Reagan, and we love his family, so we're very thankful that he is uh, he has agreed to, to be a part of this group. One of the things that we always try to do is we try to, to pick people for this role as someone who will challenge us. Um, if we wanted somebody that would just come in and rubber stamp everything that we want to do, it kind of defeats the purpose. And so we want people, a part of this group, who are like-minded, but have no issue with speaking up and, and, and voicing their opinion. So we're very thankful that he has agreed to do that. Let's pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, thank you so much. We thank you so much for Reagan, and Mary Jo, and Sawyer, and Dawson, and Landon. We are thankful that they are part of our family. And we're especially thankful today that they are now part of our leadership. Pray that you be with them, to bless them, to, uh, to give them the insight, the strength uh, that they will surely need uh, to walk this path with us and with you. We know their hearts, we know their love for those around them, and we're very thankful that you have put them here at Flagstone. Please bless them. Please give them the the strength they need and uh, let them always lean on you. We're thankful for this morning. We're thankful for this family. Uh, We are a unique set of individuals that all come together for one purpose. That's to praise you. We pray that everything that we do here at Flagstone, is pleasing in your sight. We pray that you close the doors that we need to be closed, and open the ones that we should. And we ask that you always continue to bless this family. Walk with us. Help us to be the light for this world that is so desperately needed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I only had one announcement. I was going to make it before, but I felt like it was more appropriate to to pray over Reagan. (sighs) Mariette, we love you, dear. And if you guys have, for those of you who don't know her, Please take the opportunity to do that. Put your arms around this woman and, and love on her because she is something special. I uh, only had one announcement and then we'll, we'll jump into the song. Um, I was asked to announce that the um, Empty Nesters, which is our craziest uh, group we have learned. Now they're a good group of people. We love y'all. Um, are having a luncheon afterward. So, uh, if you uh, want to stay and eat with them, that would be great. Uh, I've, I've seen the food coming in. So, uh, Connie, I think I know where we're going for lunch. Um, no. But anyway, I wanted to make that announcement. Thank you all for being here today. And uh, uh, we hope that you have a, a great week.
1: We'll stand up have one more. We'll be out of I belong to Jesus, I belong to Him. I belong to Jesus, free from sin. I belong to Jesus, I belong to Him. I belong to Jesus, free from sin. He was lifted up. He was lifted up. He paid a costly price. He paid a costly price. He bought me with the blood. he was lifted up he was lifted up he paid a costly, costly price. price he paid a costly price he bought me with the love